0: What not the podcast lent up early edition today's March 28th year of our Lord 2022 first quarter of the year almost over hope you enjoy the podcast today a little devotion on behold the man Pilate, Diogenes Jesus Adam and Eve it's wonderful and then uh, oh yeah question about worldview and why don't I like the, the language of worldview hope you enjoy the podcast. Here's a little devotion, John 19, verse 5. This is during the second part of the trial of Jesus with Pilate. And Pilate, trying to engender the sympathy of the crowds, mistreats Jesus, beats him, uh, decks him in purple robe with a crown of thorns and a reed in his hand, and he brings him out and parades him before the crowd. Verse 4. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. A few centuries before, there was a, a Greek philosopher. I don't know if you call him a philosopher, Diogenes. He was kind of a the anti-Plato. And he would mock the philosophers. He was a kind of crude fellow, but I, I don't know. People have tried to label him in a school, but he was kind of his own guy. He lived in a barrel. The famous story of Diogenes was, you know, when he saw a kid drinking water from his hand, he threw away the cup that he had collected and because he he had wasted so much energy carrying the cup around. He would, uh, the, the, the other famous story about him was Alexander the Great came to visit and there was Diogenes looking at this burial pit, all these bones, and Alexander the Great said, "What are you looking for?" And he says, "The bones of your father." <laughs> we all end up in the same place. This kind of—he was this kind of guy. So Plato, one day, someone said, "What's a man?" And Plato said, "A featherless biped." And so Diogenes went and found a chicken, and plucked the chicken, and walked into the Academy and held it up and said, "Behold, the man." Now, this should probably be in the back of our mind, at least in some part of our mind, when we see Pilate bringing Jesus out before the people, his beard half torn out, blood covering his face, his back lashed to shreds with the purple robe sticking to it. Behold the man. But we behold when we see Jesus there in such deep humiliation, on the way to the agony of the cross, we do see man. We see man first in the cruelty which was inflicted upon Jesus, at the utter sinfulness, the the level of hatred and animosity that the enemies of the gospel or the enemies of the kingdom of God could rise to to afflict that on Jesus. But even more, and this is essential humanity, We see in the suffering of Jesus what it in fact means to be a true human being, to receive from God willingly all that he gives. Jesus drinks this cup of God's wrath with perfect submission so that he can give to us the cup of salvation for our joy and our peace. How wonderful is this? so that in Jesus we behold the perfect man. He was more human than you and I were. And people say, well, how can that possibly be, Pastor? Because Jesus didn't have sin and we have sin. Well, do you think that your sinfulness is part of your humanity? Our sinfulness makes us more like the beasts or the demons than it does make us... Human, sin is inhuman. So Jesus, in the suffering face of Jesus, we finally are able to see clearly ourselves and what we deserve and, most importantly, the love of God. Because in the bleeding, crowned with thorns, face of Jesus, behold the man, we also behold the image of God who loves us, who suffers for us so that we would be his children. Of all the sweet names of death that the Bible has, I think my favorite is from Revelation 22. Is it there? Where? I'll turn over there find it real quick where it says that it, it, on the last day that we will in glory behold his face. Can you Can you imagine that? Revelation 22, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Behold the man. Behold the son of man. Behold the son of God. Behold the the face of Jesus, behold on that face his smile. God be praised. Here's a question from Stephen who asks... I find the concept of worldviews to be extremely helpful when discussing Christian beliefs and cultural issues, especially in the current culture with its rapid change. Many find confusing. I teach in our church on these topics and find discussions without understanding worldviews are more difficult. I've heard you say that you're not a huge fan of using worldview distinctions. I may be wrong. Please give your brief critique of that approach. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Stephen, for the question. I don't like the word worldview, but I use it all the time. I, I think we need a better word, but I just don't know what it is. And, and I've been trying to figure out why I have a sort of instinctive uh, reaction to that particular word. I think this is it. I think that we, uh, that when we use the idea of worldview, we bring along the um, the assumption that, that the different ways of viewing the world are all legitimate. Like there's, I don't think this is an intentional sort of thing, but if you if you can imagine uh, before multiculturalism, before, when when cultures were so separated either by communications or by distance or whatever, that you, you just kind of knew your own culture and you didn't know a different culture, at least not, not like we have it uh, nowadays, the, this great exposure to cultures all over the place. But if you can imagine that, then you wouldn't have had the idea of a worldview because there were, just was what you believed and taught and then divergences from that. And so the, the, I think the problem with the language of worldview is that it sort of gives legitimacy to all the various different worldviews. Like there's a secular worldview, and then there's a uh, Hebrew or a, 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 we say Jewish worldview, or there's a uh, Christian worldview and a Hindu worldview, th- th- that there are all these different worldviews and that they all have some sort of legitimacy to them. I- I've been pressed by this by Dr. Schultz because he so naturally, almost instinctively assumes the universal truth of Christianity that it makes me realize that I don't. I, I should, I confess it, but it it's not the operating system. I think that the the sort of baseline understanding of the world is a secular understanding, and that Christianity sort of comes on top of that and changes things and adjusts things. But that's just not the case. People are religious. People have a conscience. People know that God exists. People know that they're on the wrong side of Judgment Day. People instinctively know these things that they are that their souls will last past death. Even if they say otherwise, this kind of, the, the baseline understanding of things is a Christian understanding of truth and uh, all the various different so-called worldviews or, diversions or, or uh, yeah diversions from that truth. So I think that's my hesitancy. I don't want to concede that there's some sort of equal validity to all the different ways of looking at the world. But that being said, I use the language of worldview all the time. Because it is helpful to, to just, for example, to say, how do we answer these major questions? How did we get here? Where are we going? What's the problem? What's the solution? In fact, I was listening to John Stone Street on the Breakpoint podcast, his Friday review. I really appreciate him and his insights, and I'm, I'm growing in appreciation for him a lot. The last couple of weeks, he's, I've even taken notes on the podcast, and he basically had it real simple. He says, Everyone, everyone is in the middle of a story that they're telling and that story has four chapters how did it start what went wrong what's the solution where's it going and this is really quite nice i mean our confessors in the book of concord had that picture when they were asking the question is man sin this has to do with the devotion is man sin and they said no god created man he didn't create sin christ became a man he didn't become sin uh, Christ redeemed man. He didn't redeem sin. And in the resurrection, we'll be fully human and we won't be sinful. So that question of creation, sin, incarnation, redemption, and resurrection, that's the, well, there's five there. That's the five chapters of the Christian story. That's our, that's our worldview. It's really, really wonderful. So, so there's a few thoughts. I uh, hope that's helpful, Stephen. Thank you so much for the question. God bless your teaching, uh, and, and thinking and reflecting on the Lord's word. Hey, thanks for being along for the ride. What not the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's great to get these questions. If you want to send your questions, that's wonderful. Wolfmuller.co slash contact or on the anchor page for this podcast, you can leave a message, which is fantastic. Jeff Schwartz, the producer over at issues, etc., sent me a note this morning and said, Hey, Wolfie, can you plug our conference? So, uh, conference to be plugged issues etc is that's uh, great if you are subscribed to this podcast you'll love the issues etc podcast uh they, they have a ton of great guests on their program over there i get to go on uh catch a Meyer once a month we get together and answer questions and anyway you listen to the podcast but they have a conference every summer and coming up this summer dr moeller i'm hoping i'll be able to pick him up from the airport and hang out with Dr. Moeller, there's also uh, Attorney General William Barr, that'll be interesting. Um, the uh, the uh, lady from Finland who was involved in the controversy about the, the public controversy about the pastor who published, uh, published a book about marriage, and uh, Dr. I don't think I know how to say her name, but Dr. Pavi Ranson, there's a lot of dots over the letters there. Joel Beerman and Roseboro is going to be there. Will Whedon going to be there doing the, his hymn sing, I think. It's always a really fun time uh, to see everyone. So that's that's coming up this summer. Issues, etc. Issuesetc.org slash 2022-conference, June 25th at Concordia University, Chicago. If you can make it, that'd be awesome. It'd be great to see you there. Otherwise, thanks for being a podcast listener. And will, Lord willing... Talk to you tomorrow. God's peace be with you.